staying sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. I think it is a good development that the Attorney General has assigned a U.S. Attorney to investigate the, the origins of, of the Obama administration uh, surveilling the, tr- the, the Trump campaign. His name is John Durham. He's been called a hard charger, even a bulldog. Attorney General William Barr wants him to look into the origins of the Russia investigation following the release of the Mueller report. Republicans have made it a point of wanting to investigate the genesis for the Russia probe. Now it appeared will happen. We need to investigate it. We need to investigate how politicized it was. And in particular, we need to see what were the roles of the political appointees. Who signed off on it? Was, was it Loretta Lynch? Was it John Brennan? What, what, was it Joe Biden? Was it President Obama himself? And now, Stacey Washington. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to the program. Guess what? We have a ton of great information for you. That's what. So buckle in. We have a ton to talk about. And I'm going to start with this. If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you. He will not destroy you. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So whatever situation you're facing, whatever you're dealing with, take it to the Lord. And if you want to supercharge that so you have something to share, bring some people in. What do I mean by that? Well, how about if you just say, you know what? I'm struggling with X. Just tell a Christian brother or sister and then pray about it. And then watch and see, doesn't God move? The only caveat I have for you is once you start praying about something, and I just heard this straight from the mouth of of a group of fine Christian women this morning. Once you give something over to the Lord, you can't then be complaining about it. You can't then be telling other people how you just don't know how it's going to be solved or you just don't, you know, in any kind of negative communication about that starts blocking the answer prayer that you're looking for. So give it over to God, better yet, Share your burden with a brother or sister in the Lord. Pray over that situation and then expect God to move. And most importantly, don't block that movement by negatively discussing or talking about uh, the, the problem that you've given to God. Trust that he will answer and keep praying about it. The Bible says knock and the door will be open to you. Keep knocking. Seek and you shall find. So God bless. And Today on the program, we're going to be speaking with Melissa McKenzie. She's a managing managing editor of the American Spectator. And we're going to talk about the culture of death and 13 reasons. Yes, I'm still on that. Yeah. And if you're not on it, why? Why aren't you on it? So come on, come along with us. We have to have an update on that. What is Netflix doing about this now that the government has actually linked their television program, uh, their live streaming program? to a spike in suicides among teenagers, what are they going to do about it? They're just going to shrug their shoulders and act like, well, it's only parents' responsibility. Well, sure, it's parents' responsibility, but it's also a content issue. Put quality content out there and stop stop blaming parents, all right? So we're going to talk about that. 
I have a ton of news for you. This group is suing a school district to stop the promotion of Islam, which I am so excited about. I'm so glad to see people finally fighting back. Instead of letting the Freedom From Fun people have all the, the letters and lawsuit writing to themselves, how about if we stand up and say, you know what? If we don't have special time off for Christians to go and pray, if we don't have a special room for Christians to pray in, if we don't take Christian holidays and tell everyone else that they need to kind of kowtow to them, because remember, our Christian holidays are we're, they're, they're as old as the foundation of this country. That's what this country is all about. If you don't like it, go to an Islamic nation that practices whatever that is you're working with. But leave us and our Christianity alone. And, and if you want to practice your iftar or whatever you got going on, Ramadan, do so. But don't expect the rest of us to kowtow to you about it. That's your choice. That's your faith practice. Good for you. You get a T-shirt uh, if you purchase one. But you're not going to get any accommodations in public school. Kids aren't even allowed to say Merry Christmas. So why should they be wishing you a happy Ramadan? Okay, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already into that one. We're going to also talk about uh, this new bill that's being proposed by Senator Lindsey Graham, which would keep, um, the, well, it, it does a lot of different things, but it will allow the families who are currently limited to 20 days to be detained for up to 100 days. And we're also going to talk about this study where sanctuary city policies are protecting illegals from terror sponsored states. So the terror sponsored state illegals are actually getting protection in sanctuary cities. Now, this is the unintended consequence of flouting the law and siding with criminals. But you're going to get what you're going to get. If you if you want to be stupid, you're going to get these kinds of results. So we have to talk about that as well. Also, a victory. Remember that powerlifting federation story where a biological male beat all of the girls and set new world records because, you know, he's a man. Well, the Powerlifting Federation has come to their senses. They woke up, they smell the coffee and the outrage, and they're reversing that decision. So I have the details for you on that. Of course, the biggest story of the day is uh, Attorney General Barr appointing a U.S. attorney, not a special prosecutor. We'll discuss why he chose one over the other to investigate the spying on the Trump campaign. That is why you see all of what you're seeing on CNN and MSNBC. That's why people are literally they're, they're Anything they can spew out of their mouths to distract away from this. The train is bearing down on them and they don't want to see it. They don't want to feel it. They don't want it coming to them. Um, and then, of course, research reveals belonging to a church is a crucial element for longer and happier lives. You know, we're going to unpack that. That's going to be a great story for us to dig into. So, well, we've done our encouragement. Let's let's dig into this. Um, and I, I'm honestly... I was kind of surprised, and I'm rarely surprised by news stories, but this powerlifting federation thing, um, well, first of all, if you, if you didn't hear about this story, it's the 100% raw powerlifting federation, and they've decided to remove the records set in the female division by a biological male who identified it as a female. So dude just went in with hair grown out just a tad, and when I say dude, I mean, there's no way you're looking at this guy and thinking, oh, that's a girl. No way. So the president of 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation removed the record set by a transgendered weightlifter for a national women's championship because the lifter is a biological man. Paul Bossy is the president of the 100% Raw Powerlifting Federation. And he said Wednesday in a statement that was posted to Twitter that Mary Gregory is a biological man. Anybody out there got some applause for that? Because I thought that was pretty funny that he actually made that statement. Um, and wasn't afraid of anybody coming after him. That's awesome. Um, so he says, 
he this biological man didn't actually reveal the fact that he was a biological man to them when he signed up for the competition and began, you know, submitting his forms and everything. Now, the group boasts of their authenticity in weightlifting because they don't they don't allow wraps. They don't allow support uh, supports of any kind and they don't allow any enhancing drugs. So what that means is they are basically alleging that other sports that are powerlifting sports aren't true powerlifting because they allow these kinds of assists. So they don't allow any. But they also say they base it on the not just the identity of the person. They base their rules and classifications on the physiological classification. So it's the parts that you have, (laughs) your physiological parts that determine whether or not you get to uh, participate on one or the other. So how are they solving this problem? Well, that's, this is the best part of this whole story. They're actually creating a transgender weightlifting division and transferring Mary Gregory into that. So Mary Gregory can break records in the transgender division. In fact, he's going to be the inaugural lifter. She, I'm sorry, pardon me for dead naming, whatever. He's going to be in there and can compete in there against others who are in the same biological classification and set records in there and leave the women's powerlifting alone. I am absolutely thrilled with this. Like if everybody could use this kind of common sense about this story, it would be so fantastic, so phenomenal to have these people acknowledging that women and men are biologically different, physiologically different, and that they need different categories to make this happen. So fantastic. Uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't get any better than that. Um, so this cease and desist. All right, so you've got... Um, a school district, <clears throat> and they are dealing with something from their board of education. So their board of education has actually said, hey, you know, um, we want you to accommodate these kids who are practicing Ramadan. And what you have to do is, first of all, you have to offer them a trip to the library or something like that instead of them being forced to go sit in the lunchroom because Ramadan is fasting all day. And before any one of you decides that you know more about it than me, unless you're actually a practicing, uh, you know, Islamist, I actually went to Saudi Arabia back when I was on active duty. And I was there during the month of Ramadan. Way back when I went, Ramadan fell in, well, basically it was the end of January to all the way through February. And I was there from January to April 1st. And so like the middle of January and endish of January to April 1st. And so I got to be there for all of that drama. And I got to see the religious police with their billy clubs. And I got to see everybody feasting as soon as the sun went down. We got a full treatment to what Ramadan really is. Uh, Good Christian radio. So I won't even go into the intimate practices. But let's just say it goes totally against what they believe tossing people off buildings during the month of Ramadan. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So what I'm looking at with these kids is obviously... Sending them to the library during lunch, that, that's not that big of a deal. It's this whole thing where everybody has to learn um, phrases in Arabic or Farsi so that they can wish these kids a happy Ramadan as they're entering the classroom. Whenever you address them, you have to start off with that. Because what this does is if you have to do it during Ramadan, why don't you have to give them a place to pray twice a day? Twice a day, the kids have to be allowed to leave the classroom and pray. Why don't you have to do that for them the rest of the year? Do you see what they're doing? What they say is, oh, we're going to go ahead and make this something that you have to do during Ramadan. 
And then, and also, they also have received a recommendation that they should designate the beginning of Ramadan and the end of Ramadan as holidays so kids could stay out from school and celebrate them. Well, what are all the rest of us supposed to be doing on those days? Now, you guys know I'm a stickler about this because I used to be on school board. And the fact is, most parents think my kid's in school from like 8.55 until 3.30. So they're getting instruction all day. No, your child isn't. Your child has about four hours of instructional time. The rest of that is transversing back in between classrooms, um, character education. They're eating lunch. They're having snack. Uh, they're having some recess, possibly, if your teachers haven't eliminated that already. They're, so it's about four hours a day. Depends on the state that you're in, but you can find this information out on your state board of education. Not only can you find that out, but you can find out how many contact days are mandated by your state board of education. Contact days are days where your child has to be in the seat and their teacher has to be in front of them instructing them. It's a contact day. Other days that your kid is in school, they might be with a TA or something like that because maybe half a day of that is continuing education and the teachers aren't in the classroom with the kids because there are TAs in there or maybe it's a field trip day. A field trip day is a school day, but it's not one of your, it's like not a mandatory contact day. So most school districts, if you have 188 contact days, you'll build in 190 school days. And what happens is those extra days are just in case there's like a record snowfall in, you know, in a lot of states, they know we need to build in 10 days for snow days because we have this many feet of snow a year. So after all of this planning, you end up with a school year that begins on a certain day, ends on a certain day. But within that span, your child has to have a certain number of instruction hours a day and a certain number of contact days with a teacher. So how does this advance that? How does having all of these special accommodations for this religious practice accommodate what I just described to you? It's hard enough to get enough learning in there to get these kids what they need to make sure that they're not just on grade level, but proficient or even advanced. That, that's the goal for most parents. How about you? I know at our household, we weren't looking for our kids to just be basic, just, you know, middle of the road. We were hoping that after they were instructed and after we work with them at home, that we would experience something that would be much more like, you know, advancement, that they would be excelling in school, right? That, that's, you're starting off from there. Now, each individual child is different. But how does accommodating this religious practice go towards that goal? Remember, we've already been told many, many times that we need to take the Ten Commandments down. We don't need to mention God. We don't need to tell kids that they're, they're made in the image of God, that they're created beings, that they have a soul, that they have a spirit, that they're going to live on into eternity. No, no, that's fairy tale stuff, we're told. So what does this fasting all day for 30 days and doing all kinds of stuff that the Koran tells you you shouldn't be doing how does that advance American K-12 public education? Of course we shouldn't accommodate that. No offense, but there are other places you can go that practice that year-round, 100% of the time. You don't need to be dragging us down here with it. What our tax dollars? Okay, we'll see what people email me. All right, when we get back, we'll have Melissa McKinney. Our Holy Land tour for March of 2020 is set. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Last year, we sold out in August, and I expect us to do that again this year. There is such a high demand, especially among Christians in America, to see Israel, the land of the Bible. So we're going again in March on our annual trek. So I wanted to go ahead and let you know if you want to sign up and register get more information, whatever the case may be. If you want to go to our website, 
holyland.com, twholyland.com. Everything is there, twholyland.com. You can even print off a brochure from that website. It's going to be a wonderful time visiting Israel with brothers and sisters from across our country as we go to the Holy Land in March. So go ahead and get signed up now, twholyland.com. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. Most cars will last quite a while if they're taken care of, but if you don't, you can have a real mess on your hands. In fact, I know a guy who didn't change his oil, believe it or not, and you know what happened, he burnt up his engine. You know, our hearts need to be regularly checked and maintained as well. Specifically, I'm talking about sin. Sin that is not confessed and repented of gets ugly and messy. Sin is like rabbits. It just keeps breeding. One thing leads to another. King David in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12 didn't just commit one sin, adultery with Bathsheba. There was an assortment of associated sins. Let's pick it up just after the parable Nathan the prophet told him about a stolen lamb. In verse 7 of 2 Samuel 12, Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, It is I who anointed you over Israel, and it is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives into your care, and I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? I think that there are at least three sins listed as you look at 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12. Sins that David committed, greed, adultery, and murder. God says, David, if you wanted something, I would have given it to you legitimately. You didn't have to commit sin to do it. Here's what I want you to remember and do today. Sin grows. Search your heart. If there is any unconfessed sin, please take care of it now. If not, it will destroy you. Legacy Moment is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries. You can download episodes of Stacy of the Right from the podcast page on AFR.net or UrbanFamilyTalk.com. Now, back to the show on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. Go to AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com. You can find out more about the Marriage and Family Conference that's coming up in June. Very, very short amount of time left. you got to get registered for that if you want to attend. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the program Melissa McKenzie. She's a managing editor of The American Spectator, one of our favorite sites. Uh, Melissa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Stacy. All right, let's talk about this. I'm hating this story, mainly because I can't believe we're still dealing with this. 13 reasons should have been pulled off the air immediately once uh, concerns and red flags were raised. There's so many other ideas out there for good programming that Netflix could make money on, yet they refuse to relent here on 13 reasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is the, data, the data on copycat um, suicide is so clear and yet they continue to keep it up even after the research is done. But, you know, mind you, it's correlating. It's not causation. But they knew that it would be glorifying uh, suicide, and the motivations for the main characters' actions are just so off from real life. It, it's just it's a terrible thing that they've done. 
So what do you see happening now? Because I thought, you know, this it was kind of stunning to see government agencies and, and really, you know, hardly conservative organizations. These are not, you know, Breitbart's and places like that coming out and saying, wow, there's a connection here. There's a link. There's a spike in suicides, especially 18 and unders. It's even impacting boys. Why why hasn't there been more pressure on Netflix from, I don't know, subscribers, anybody? Well, I think that, you know, it, it kind of gives away the lie. I, I understand the concern from a libertarian perspective that people have the choice to watch what they watch, and, and if they um, do something, it's not the responsibility of the artist, right? I don't know if you are old enough to remember, but I'll give away my age here. But back in the 80s, there was some uh, suicides or, you know, violent actions, and it was laid at the feet of kind of like the metal bands, ACDC, and, and um, some of the other bands. And it was just you know, not true, and I, I can't remember exactly what the lawsuit was. And so, like, I've always been very much, you know, pro-freedom when it comes to what people put out there and that we have a choice as consumers. I also feel like um, that the the um, art should be helpful. Like, that doesn't mean that we can't be critical of, of this type of thing because it does contribute so directly to the degradation of the culture and in this case death and just no responsibility for it. So you're the title of your piece over at spectator.org and the website spectator.org head over and check it out. And I will post it on the Facebook page here at culture of death update Netflix series, 13 reasons why. Um, so you know what, Melissa, let's, let's take it from that perspective. Cause I've even had some people message me and say, well, you know, Stacey, I thought you were for limited government and parental responsibility. And now here you are saying Netflix should take a program down because kids are committing suicide. How about those parents who left their kids alone to binge watch 13 Reasons? Well, yeah, I agree. But we also have seatbelt laws. We tell people, you know, parents, especially if your child is this many pounds or this many pounds, they have to be in this kind of seat. If, once they get to this age and this many pounds, they have to be in that type of seat. If parents don't comply, they're given tickets when they're pulled over, et cetera, et cetera. So we do have rules and societal norms. And the thing about suicide is you never know who is going to be impacted by it. You never know who's going to actually decide. to. So a parent could think their child is perfectly happy and normal. The child binge watches the show and commits suicide. It's kind of unfair to say it's completely the parent's responsibility because you can't actually keep an eye on your child 24 hours a day. Even if you're homeschooling, your child is not going to be in your sight at every minute and they're going to visit friends. So there's, there has to be some responsibility for the content creator. Well, and the thing is, this is part of a greater trend. There was a movie sometime back, Million Dollar Baby, that glorified um, assisted suicide. There was Me Before You. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you have even big pieces like uh, Game of Thrones, which are a huge cu- cultural phenomenon, which the overlying message is pure nihilism. No one gets better. No one ex- escapes their past. There's no hope. Everyone's fallen. This is a secular, self-seeking, hopeless society. And um, and 13 Reasons is just part of this greater kind of phenomenon. And that's kind of what I object to. 
this kind of soulless, hopeless notion. And as we become more of a secular nation, which is happening at an alarming rate, we're going to see more of this art, which then in turn reflects the culture, which in turn then encourages it, right? So it becomes kind of a, a self-fulfilling spiral. And, and But few programs are as directly nihilistic as 13 Reasons, which essentially glorifies teen suicide when there's such direct data showing that um, the results of uh, how influential this kind of thing is and that it actually literally leads to death. It's difficult to argue the violence on Game of Thrones does because it's more esoteric. But 13 Reasons is directly correlated with it and Mm. hard to escape. Well, you know, Melissa, you brought up one of my, it's, it's one of my, I have a problem with Game of Thrones. And so, you know, full disclosure, um, I grew up in a, my dad was a military policeman. And so I didn't grow up in a kind of a cotton candy household where there was no cursing or anything. We, you know, we went to church, we were Christians, but my dad was a military policeman. So that meant his work, Vietnam War veteran, he was, he's just a different kind of guy. And I think a lot of people probably have people in their family like that. So it's, he's not really uh, an outlier. There are plenty of people who, because of their work, they're just they're they're just not your genteel, button down kind of um, you know Mitt Romney type. And I, I don't know what Mitt Romney's like in real life. Like a, he could be the same, but it, his presentation is that of someone who would probably be aghast if he heard you know a bit of profanity or anything like that. So. This is coming from someone who I, you know, I grew up watching Dirty Harry and, you know, (laughs) war movies and stuff like that. My dad put his service weapon on the dining room table against my mom's wishes. Every day he would come home, he would put it on the (laughs) dining room table. So, you know, I I grew up in a a place where my father, he, he didn't really hide much from us when it came to movies. Instead, he would say, what do you think about what just happened there? Or do you think he was right, you know, in doing that? Or do you think he deserves the justice that they're showing him getting here or the lack of justice? And so we, that's the way it was approached in my household. So I tend to have a different view when I, like, if I see a show and it has violence in it, I feel like it's really incumbent upon us as parents to kind of preview things, go to the movies and see it first, Um, you know, go to a rating site and figure out, does this look like something we want to watch to kind of lessen the opportunity for you to go and see something and, and be, you know, have to get up and walk out or something like that especially if you're taking your kids and we've messed up a couple of times where we thought a movie was going to be okay. And then, you know, I've been regretting it, but for the most part, that's worked out. Okay. But 13 reasons is a part of the streaming culture was it's completely different than putting something out as a movie. The movies you mentioned, um, we actually had discussions at our house and one of them, we let the kids go see the other one. We did not. And I, I told my kids, if you go see it, I'm going to expect almost a book report length discussion afterwards. You explaining to me what you saw what was wrong with it, what what the Bible says about it, and then what you think we believe about it before we tell you. Because um, I'm not going to go see that. I already know I don't want to see someone a long, drawn out. It was that someone and me, the one where the person mm-hmm. is terminally ill and then, you know, the assisted suicide one. So, but but with the Game of Thrones, Melissa, oh my goodness, the the violence in it has no redeeming value. So there's no point at which you say, wow, that was an amazingly violent scene. But in, in the end, you see the reason why it had to be that or that evil is vanquished or something like that. Everybody in Game of Thrones is just killing everybody else in the worst possible way. And there's a lot of rape in that in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, prolonged, gratuitous type 
stuff. Yeah. I'm just wondering why we're permitting this to be, because Game of Thrones is a whole cultural phenomenon. People, adults dressed up like Game of Thrones for the premiere of the last season just a few weeks ago. I've never seen so many adults dressed like a character. It was like Comic-Con all across America, and it was all Game of Thrones. Why are we accepting this? Well, I think uh, there's a couple things that occur to me. You know, Game of Thrones, I, I have, I'm offended on a literary level because it's derivative and it's just not really well written and that of course you get lots of you know theater and art critics and what have you upset with me but I just feel that way but I also feel like it ignores any gallantry or um, there are good and decent human beings and it just portrays everybody as utterly feckless and evil. Mm -hmm. And I think that it really is a reflection of our culture. We are extraordinarily a decadent culture on the one hand, and morally um, stunted. We're not trained. You know, very few people read their Bible, so they have little grounding in the Western culture. And they don't understand good literature, so they something that has high production value is very impressive. And they feel like I read a review of Game of Thrones um, over at NRO, basically by David French. And it was a well-written review, but he was saying that, the, that he liked Game of Thrones because it was a universe without God. But I don't necessarily think that we should be celebrating something like that. I don't think we need an eight-season, gratuitously violent um, demonstration of a world without God. We can see that if we walk down the streets of San Francisco. Mm. <laughs> and and, our, and our, St. Louis. We, you know, <laughs> San Francisco's Louis, in the news a lot, but St. Detroit, Louis, woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Orleans. I mean, you don't have to go very far. You can live in the burbs and see it, too. You don't have to go far to a world without God. What we need to see are, are, are the elevates and make things beautiful. And Game of Thrones is essentially the brutalism, you know, what brutalism was to architecture, it is to art. And, I, you know, I stopped watching after the second or third episode because I thought it was just complete garbage. And I stopped reading, and I'm a huge uh, sci-fi and fantasy fan, and I stopped reading after the first book. I just couldn't, I thought this is, this is needlessly miserable not great writing. I, I'm not giving my time to it. And it's mm. not too often I get on my high horse like that. I mean, there's a lot of violence that I've read and watched, so it's not sad, but pointless violence, I just can't abide. Well, I think, so. what what would you say, because um, we have about three minutes left, and I, I want to I wanna kind of get your take on, because I, I think you're presenting a very strong case for all of us to kind of reevaluate what we find acceptable in our media and it's it's never a, coming from a place of I'm better than you at this or you know I'm at a higher mighty spot we all have a soft spot for something that we like to watch that maybe someone else might be like wow you watch that but it's time to reevaluate and what what exactly like if you could have your way what would you see people Americans especially in our huge listening audience what would people be doing in response to this kind of basically Netflix gives us a huge shoulder shrug and keeps collecting their monthly fees from their subscribers and pumping out this garbage that's making some kids in America decide they want to kill themselves. 
I, I hope so much as Debbie Downer, Stacey. I, what I want to say is I think that we should be intaking less and doing more. Mm. Um, you know, I don't mind the Marvel Universe because the themes in it are about family and self-sacrifice and being a hero and doing the right thing even when it's difficult. You know, so as much as people are like, oh, that's just frothy stuff, I think those are good values that our kids could learn and should learn and, you know, emulate. And I'm glad that that is a part of, you know, the cultural conversation. Um, but really, I think that that kids should be intaking less and doing more. And, and that means learning how to lose in a game learning how to, you know, getting their stress relief through running a race, not sitting there paying attention to social media, not paying attention to, you know, the TV, what's going on, and, and being out and doing more. I think that that brings sanity. Mm. Those are some good suggestions. Um, and dare I say... Maybe, because I, I remember when, so we watched a few more episodes than you did. I think we got through the first season. And I remember telling my husband, he'd say, oh, you know, there's another episode of Game of Thrones. And we don't have cable. So we were, we bought like the season on Amazon. And he was like, well, you know, it's on again. And, you know, are you ready to watch it? And I remember one night after a particularly rough, like the week before, um, an episode that was pretty rough, I said, you know, it's almost too rough for me. And he was like, well, I don't, you know, like you, you can you tolerate a lot. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if I'm enjoying this or if I'm just tolerating it. And so we made it through to the red wedding. Well, and at that yeah. point, the, yeah. So that was to me, the, the pregnant woman being murdered like that on screen, it was too much. And I felt like I'd wasted my time. And I instantly, when, when we saw that scene and we cut it off before it was over, I regretted all the time I'd spent watching it. And then I realized when I was kind of hesitant to watch it, I should have just at that point, because then I never would have had to have seen that scene. And so I kind of said, you know, in the future, when I have this kind of hesitation to watch, I'm just going to say, you know, it's not for me. And there are other shows out there like The 100. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, we mm, watched a couple no. seasons of that. And now it's gotten so disgusting. We can't watch that anymore. Um it's just crazy the kind of stuff that, and teenagers are watching this stuff. Kids are watching this stuff. I like your suggestions. I think people should uh, take up most of that, if, if, if not all of it, Melissa. It's great. Um, <laughs> great to talk to you. Melissa McKenzie, think... Managing Editor, American Spectator. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, talk to you again soon. Hey, we'll be back with more. We'll be taking your calls at 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. Stay right there. This is Uncommon Moments. Here's former Super Bowl winning NFL coach Tony Dungy and his wife Lauren sharing from their book Uncommon Marriage. Tony is analytical like his dad. He'll say, we can do this and here's how we should go about it. As a result, his plans usually turn out well. We are opposites in a number of ways, but we've learned to respect and navigate our differences. One thing you can do to discover the unique differences between you and your spouse is to talk with their family. 
As Lauren interacted with my family over the years, she learned more about me. I did the same with her family. This helped me see how Lauren was wired. I realized how special and wonderful she was. And I was able to learn things about Tony that really helped in our uncommon marriage. Tony and Lauren Dungy, authors of Uncommon Marriage, learning about lasting love and overcoming life's obstacles together. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. Family is an institution set forth by God, one man and one woman for life, with the outflow being children produced by that union. It's obvious to all that there is an attack on the family in our country, and especially on fathers. Whether it's the cycle of sin that persists in our families or the pressure from our government to exclude men from being intimately involved, the strategic battle is on for the souls of men. Join us in the battle to strengthen fatherhood. UrbanFamilyTalk.com It was a bad move. Target invited men who say they feel like women into restrooms and changing areas designated for women. They probably guessed other retailers would follow their lead, but they were wrong. Others saw that bandwagon was headed in the wrong direction. We're not ready to sacrifice the safety of women and children for the sake of progressive bathroom policies. Invite Target to make a better move. Sign the Boycott Target Pledge at AFA.net. I'm Chad Pergram with the Speaker's Lobby. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle may be looking at self-preservation as we head to the 2020 elections. Scores of Capitol Hill Republicans took a dim view of President Trump prior to the 2016 election, but most rallied to his defense and even heralded the findings of the Mueller report, clearing the president of wrongdoing. Republicans quickly learned they needed to stand foursquare behind Mr. Trump. They knew that any fissures could expose them to a presidential-infused primary challenge from the right, draw the ire of the president, and, at the very worst, fracture the party. But Republicans failed in their promise to repeal and replace Obamacare. Federal spending is spiking. Republicans hyperventilated over the behavior of President Clinton in the late 1990s. Those concerns virtually dissolved when it came to President Trump. Republicans possess limited turning radius when it comes to Mr. Trump, so it's a lot easier to pillory the other side and juxtapose Republican views with those of the Democrats. But Republicans could abandon President Trump and run away from him in 2020 if he's a drag on the ticket. Democrats face their own issues when it comes to self-preservation. More on that tomorrow. With the Speaker's Lobby, Chad Pergram, Fox News. This is Stacy on the Right with Stacy Washington on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Well, we've got a perfect storm now because of broken laws. If you're from Central America, we can't send unaccompanied minors back to Central America like you do from Mexico and Canada. We're going to change that. You can only hold a, uh, a minor for 20 days. We're going to go to 100 days. But most importantly, you can no longer apply for asylum at our border. If you're from Central America, you have to apply for asylum at a consulate in your country. We're going to set up one in Mexico you can apply. If you don't apply there, you're going to be turned down when you get to our border. So we're going to change the underlying broken laws to stop what I think is literally an invasion of people from Central America. I'm going to introduce it Wednesday. Wow, thank God he's finally going to introduce it on Wednesday, right? (laughs) Is there anybody else out there who's like, dude, what have you been waiting for? Is it okay to just sit here for a second and say, They should have been introducing a bill like this over and over and over again and getting the Democrats on the record as being opposed to these common sense changes over and over and over again. Why just now? Why why is he just now getting around to introducing it? And y'all know I'm real sometimey with Lindsey Graham. I do. I do like him more since the whole Kavanaugh thing. He was he's been re-energized of sorts 
he's, he occasionally, you know, shows kind of symptoms of his previous self. But I'm, I'm glad he's back with us in the land of, you know, the fighters. And it's good to see. And this bill is is welcome. Like, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you. Awesome. Um, so I want to I want to listen to the remainder of what he had to say about this bill he's proposing. But before that, I want to give you the call lines. 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. So many, many people have been reaching out to me and talking about how they want uh, the opportunity to purchase Stacy on the Right Show shirts and mugs, which I was selling on the website, but I was having trouble with getting them, you know, to me and then getting them to the people who ordered them. And so we suspended sales on those for a little bit. So I have some good news on that front. But first, we're going to cover the rest of our topics. And of course, call lines are open 866-963-2037. You can join us right here on the radio live. You're having a good time talking. Uh, let's listen to Senator Graham kind of finish this out real quick. It's number two. If the Democrats have a better idea, tell me what it is. We're on track to get a million uh, illegal immigrants from Central America. We got a 900,000 person backlog. I'm gonna have 500 immigration judges to clear the backlog. If you got a better idea, say so. It is not a manufactured crisis. I wanna start a debate of how to fix this problem before it just swamps the border. Okay, so look, uh... (laughs) <laughs> he wants to start a debate. I don't know that a debate is what we are looking for. Um, we don't need a debate. What we need is a just we just need to lay out the facts about what's happening at the border, which I feel like the White House has done adequately. And then after they, you know, get get the facts laid out. It's simply a matter of saying if you vote for this bill, you're voting for Americans, you're voting for uh, American sovereignty, you're voting for safety and security, and you're voting for people who are trying to get into this country illegally to be kept safe from hurt, harm, and danger in the process because a lot of them are being harmed in the process of getting here, especially the kids. And then everybody goes on the record. Why do we need a debate? I, so I noticed that when Republicans have a bill they're proposing, they're like, well, we need to have a discussion. We need to have a debate. When the, you know, when the Democrats have something, they're like, well, you know, this is what's good for America. And they just start selling it. So my only word of encouragement to uh, Lindsey Graham and the others is start selling this. There are no good, common sense, honest objections to the kind of changes he's proposing. We're so far away from back when we were talking about ending chain migration and doing all these amazing things, things that would have benefited us. Now we're just at bare bones basics. It's like the person who shows up to the buffet last, you're getting the slim pickings, whatever everyone didn't think was so awesome and didn't go back for seconds for that's what you're getting. And that's what we're getting on immigration, but we're not even getting the slim pickings of like the, the end of the party. We're at the point where they've made a few plates up. You didn't even get to pick how the plates were made up. So you might get a plate that's all vegetables. You might get a plate that's all mac and cheese. You don't know. Everything's wrapped in aluminum foil and you're just trying to pick something. You just any scrap you can get because you just miss the whole thing. That is where we are in immigration. And and it's true. We haven't missed the whole thing, but it certainly feels like we're close to missing a lot of it. 
like we're getting we're getting to a place where the Democrats won't even bother to discuss an immigration bill because they're already geared up and trying their hardest. Bless their little dry, crackly, hard, rotten hearts. Bless them because they're already moved on to 2020 like they I guess they do have a chance. Obviously, there's a chance they could beat Donald Trump with this economy and everything else. But um, they're they're putting up candidates that are just no goes. So here's 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 what we have to do. We have to keep pumping out the truth. And the truth is sanctuary city policies are protecting illegals who are coming here from terror sponsor states, state sponsored terror organizations. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, some countries, some of which are on, uh, you know, our list that President Trump, that they call it the Muslim ban, when in reality, it's not a Muslim ban because there are just gobs of Muslim majority nations. It's, it's a ban on countries that don't have the vetting processes together. And so the president says, you can't send your refugees here. It's really, it's just so simple and so, so ridiculously nice. So these sanctuary cities have repeatedly prevented the deportation of illegal immigrants from countries the State Department has designated state sponsors of terror. This is a 27-month period this information covers, ending on December 31st, 2017, in which law enforcement agencies and jails refused to honor 44, 44 immigration holds on citizens from countries the United States has designated as state sponsors of terrorism. Now, this is according to a report by the Immigration Reform Law Institute, which they created a study, and they released this study on May 9th. Out of the 44 illegals from state-sponsored countries who were protected from deportation, ICE deemed 39 of them as level one or level two threats. Some of the offenses committed by these illegals include homicide, fraud, kidnapping, burglary, sexual assault, and aggravated assault. So they're in the country illegally. They're kidnapping Americans, killing them, committing fraud against us, sexually assaulting some, and aggravated assault of others. Remember, assault is one thing. Aggravated assault means you just went ham. You lost your ever-loving mind on whoever your victim was. They don't call it aggravated because it's aggravating to prosecute it. They call it aggravated because people have been hurt seriously hurt, beaten to within an inch of their life or something. Now, if you're wondering, what are these state-sponsored countries? Which which countries sponsor terrorism? Well, I'll tell you. It's uh, North Korea, Sudan, Iran, and Syria. These people are in the country illegally from North Korea, Sudan, Iran, and Syria. So it's not a theoretical debate. It's not a theory that sanctuary cities protect criminals. It's not a theory that sanctuary cities actually flout American law and make more Americans susceptible to being victims of crime. It is a fact. So take that with you. No pushback. Just take it with you. All right, let's go to Britain and California. Hey, thanks for calling the show. show. (laughs) I got a comment about the last segment of just a filth that everything is being showed on TV and all that. Mm-hmm. Remember the cartoon character, comic book character, The Flash? Yeah. Man, if you get into you know, the comic books, it's just about as wholesome as you know, anything from a child can get. 
Well, Netflix put out a series of The Flash, and overall it was pretty well done for most part, the uh, acting and everything. But then got to season three or four, I forget which. They throw in two homosexual scenes, a one adult woman talking to another one about how good she looks naked, and another one with two men kissing. Mm. Yeah, so right that there, is their standard thing. There were some... That that's standard. We yeah, noticed that too. My kids even say that when we when we have a show that we're watching, we finally find something we're like, okay, we can watch this together. And then in season two or season three, they introduce a same sex couple, and then they start down the road of showing them doing everything you you don't want your kids watching on TV. They make make you watch. It, well, they don't make you. You can cut it off. But in other words, if you want to continue the storyline, you have to put up with it. Yeah, pretty much. I, mean, I would get into the, the whole thing and. I was enjoying the program and all that, but there were some subtle hints of some characters that had an inclination, but it, you know, it was subtle behind you know, the door. You didn't see it. They didn't really talk about it. You know, it was just kind of you know, there. But then hey, they just shoved it right in your face. Like I said, I forget, there's season three or four. And with that, I clicked it off right then and there and never watched it again. I Thank you. So that's the only recourse we have is to basically deprive them of our, our – our ratings, um, every single show. And sometimes I really get upset about it, Britton. And thank you for calling the show uh, from California. We appreciate you listening to American Family Radio. Uh, I, I get really upset about it because some of, sometimes the writing and the actual storylines are good. And you're sucked in by, because it's entertainment. So the thing that I don't want us to be is at a place where we're like, you know, entertainment is bad. It's not bad. Um, it, it's bad if it's all you do. But if you're if you're using, you know, some a certain amount of time that you set out during the week and you say, you know, we'd like to watch a television sh- show together as a family or or if you like watching, you know, decorating shows or whatever it is, fishing, you know, hunting, whatever. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not sinful to enjoy entertainment. But what they're doing is they're saying, if you want to enjoy some entertainment, you're going to have to take a side of same sex marriage with it. You're going to have to take a side of same sex couples and their intimate acts displayed to you on your screen. So you don't get to have this show without it. That's what they're saying to us. Uh, let's go to Kelly in Alabama. Hey, Kelly, thanks for calling the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, my comment about the illegal immigration and Lindsey Graham, just do mm-hmm. it. Just <laughs> do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm right there with you. I mean, we need a T-shirt. <laughs> it's like, just, <laughs> I know, right? just. Just slogan, pull the right? trigger. Yes. It. Yes. Stop. Stop dancing around. Um, stop acting like you need permission. You're a senator. You get to, you know, make bills and bring them up for a vote. Tell Mitch McConnell, you know, stop opposing the president on immigration and bring it forward and do something. I can't believe they keep getting reelected on, off of their do nothingness. Kelly, thank you. I appreciate when you call the show. You're awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So. I want to make sure and give this announcement before we get out. Um, and then we'll take a quick phone call. The, the, here's the big deal. I'm going to put a link up on Stacy on the right, the, the dot com, the website, uh, on the little social media channels. And what you'll be able to do is go to this website called Teespring. You'll be able to click onto the Teespring website and through, through the link and order a T-shirt or a mug. It will not be the Stacy on the right show heritage mug. That's what I've taken to calling this one. 
It will be a nice mug, but it will not be this one. These are super expensive and they're hard for me to ship to people. And so the cost is prohibitive and I hate charging people for all that. And it seems like it's unavoidable. So we may have, in fact, I have a few of these, just a couple left that I'm going to do a giveaway for super, you know, you'll have to actually do a whole bunch of stuff like like my page, subscribe to my blog. You're going to have to do a little something for it, but we're doing a giveaway for that. But that is not going to happen right away, but the Teespring link will. So keep your eyes peeled. You're going to get the link uh, on StaceyOnTheRight.com. Um, I'll make sure and let people know that it's live. And then you can click it and you can get a mug for yourself. So we'll just do this last minute. Steve in Minnesota. Hey, Steve. Thanks for calling the show. Hi, Stacey on the right. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Oh, wonderful. I listen to you every day. Oh, thank you. I, 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 I uh, just heard you a little bit ago you were talking about why you were wondering why there weren't more organizations or people calling in about this 13 reasons and i think i got an answer what is it well the democrats are so busy keeping us too busy to Mm -hmm. be able to handle everything i mean you've got they've got um transgender things that they support um gay marriage teaching sex education to four-year-olds that should be learning how to just be kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, the abortion, all these things they stand for. It seems like they just keep bringing something up. So, you know, I, I really am against abortion and and uh, gay marriage and all that stuff. But there's only so much you can do. They would have us on the phone 24-7. Yeah, you know, it yeah. seems like every time we get a handle on something... They come up with something else. Well, in, so my answer to that, because it's a good point, Steve, and I appreciate you. That my answer to that is um, nothing is too big for God. This is Christian radio. I don't get discouraged and stay discouraged. I get discouraged sometimes, and then I remember that God's word says a thousand will fall before you and 10,000 at your side, and you will observe the end of the wicked, and you will not be touched. He is greater than all of these situations. And so it's time for us to just pick up our little selves and get mad about stuff and end this stuff. Stop watching Netflix. I'm sorry. We did it. We survived. I'm still sitting here alive and kicking. You can do it too. All right. God bless you. Uh, Have a fantastic evening. Go to onenewsnow.com and check it out. StaceyOnTheRight.com. Hit the subscribe button. God bless. God bless.